Welcome back to the Rider Realty Podcast, and today we're going to talk about being a landlord, the good, the bad, why you would do it, property management, no property management, and we're going to speak with my good friend, Tyler, about his rental properties. So let's start with why. So you and your wife, you had one little girl when you bought the first one, and you already had other investments. You were working full time, little baby at home. Another little girl has come since then, and you bought more properties. Why real estate? Why not just stocks and savings and mutual funds and everything else? Well, that's a good question. I think we uh, decided that we didn't want to really follow the stock market, didn't really know what we were doing. We wanted to invest our our time and our money in something that we could see, something that we could hold, something that we could go to, visit, touch, more banking on ourselves. Hey, can you guys get these properties rented? Can you keep keep them up? Can you keep them tidy? Can you keep them updated? And it's, it's just more something tangible. Um, that way we don't have to get a phone call one day saying all your stocks are gone and your your money went to money heaven. Yeah. You know, it's just once it's gone, it's gone. And um, with properties, it was just something we felt, I guess we felt safer about it. Uh, we started buying them because like you said, we do have two little girls and that's two weddings and two uh, proms. And, and we definitely have to, you know, two colleges definitely have to pay for those somehow. And we thought this might be uh, a good avenue to go down. So when you started with one, was your intent to have just one or did you know you wanted X amount? Well, we had, uh, when we were in college, we did some work for Shannon's aunt and Shannon's aunt had quite a few units and we've seen, you know, people who had just one unit. And then we seen her aunt who had multiple units and we thought, we probably don't just want one, but we don't want 50 of them. Sure. So we always kind of thought we'd have about a dozen of them. And our goal was to buy one a year. We're about five years in. And so far, we are meeting our goal. We try to buy one a year if it makes sense, if it's right. You know, like you said, I do still have to manage a full-time job. And my wife is a stay-at-home mom right now. And, you know, she has a lot of responsibility too. So we, we don't want to do too much. But we know that if we just had one, some of the things that uh, we need to pay for in the future might not be, the funds may not be there. So so when you picked one a year for, you know, try to get that 12, was that based on a guesstimate? This sounds like a good idea. Was it based on numbers? Was it based on what you felt like you, you two could handle? How did you come up with that number? Yeah, it was kind of both. Um, we felt like we could, you know, take care of our own house as well as taking care of 12 other houses, you know, that, that number's not set in stone. You know, it might, mm-hmm. it might turn into, you know, we're happy with six or something, you know, like that when it, the time comes, or we may say, you know what, we feel comfortable. We're able to manage our time, manage our money well, and it may exceed 12 someday. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really not a set in stone number. What is the biggest surprise, good or bad, that has happened with relation to your rentals that you didn't think about when you bought them? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I think a lot of people look at it like, oh, you're, you're a landlord, you make a lot of money and you don't do a whole lot. And <laughs> it's really the exact opposite. Right. I mean, it is. it truly is the exact opposite. You have to put a lot of time in, you have to put a lot of effort in. 
It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of organization. It's a lot of headaches. It can be, but there is a lot of good things about it. I think the main thing that surprises me to answer your question is that we were able to pick properties that um, in this market are increasing in value quite a bit. And we're pretty, pretty pleased with that, pretty surprised with that. And another, probably the negative is probably the amount of time that you do have to spend, you know, actually physically showing up at the property, addressing a concern or, you know, meeting someone to turn utilities on, meeting someone to turn utilities off. There's there there really is a lot of time that goes into it and uh time management is you you got to be creative with it. You know, having a family and a full-time job and 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 doing this as well, you just have to really really watch where where you're putting your time and how much time you're allotting for for everything. So. So let's talk about the girls for a minute and the family and their role. When you guys, when you and Shannon started buying and you were thinking of weddings in college and so forth, did you ever look beyond that? Like this is going to be a corporation or an LLC or something that our girls can take over or, you know, at some place it's going to be your retirement or did you ever think we're going to have them each buy one from us to kind of start their own? Or was that with, you know, just one little one at the time, was that not even a thought in your mind? Well, when we started it, we, we had done our, our, I guess our quote unquote, our homework. We read a lot of books. We watched a lot of videos, things like that. Talked to people. Um, I throughout college and, and even, uh, when I became a teacher, I was painting in the summertime before I had kids and, and we would paint rental properties all the time. And I'd have conversations with people and they said, you're going to want to set up an LLC. So we did set up an LLC and um, that's mostly for, you know, protection against our personal assets and, and company assets and things like that. So we set up a, a company and it, it was a rewarding experience to see, you know, your name on a company and say, hey, I, you know, I kind of created that, but now I have to do something with it. Sure. And what we decided is, you know, if we hold on to these, we would like, you know, it to be the whole family involved. Like if you need to go do a clean out or if you need to go paint a room or, you know, tear out carpet when the girls are of age, I would like to take them up there and have them experience those type of things and, you know, learn hard work ethics and, and take ownership in it as well. And that way they don't have to hear, well, dad's going to a house. Well, what's he, what, what house? What's he doing? Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so they actually can see him. They, they've been to all the properties, but they've, you know, they're just too young to work on them and things right. like that. But, um, yeah, I would like to either, the, I guess the goal would be to either, you know, sell them and, and pay for things as they arise or, you know, maybe sell a few, keep a few. And um, that way the girls can you know, have a, have a stake in it and have a hand in it when they're older. And you use the term clean out, which I'm sure you, <laughs> you learned a lot of terms or things that you never heard of or thought about before buying. And you might've known some <clears throat> terms and things with her aunt. And like you said, doing painting and stuff, what are some things that like that, that are pretty common in that are pretty common concepts or whatever in, in, landlord ownership that you didn't even have a clue that that was a thing at the time? Uh, well, I guess I could share a story. It was the last day of school 
and I own a property in Canton that was right down the street from uh, the school that I taught at. And, you know, she started off well and everything was going okay and things like that. And then all of a sudden I'd drive past and the yard wouldn't be mowed. So I'd stop and I'd say, hey, you know, you know, you're supposed to be mowing the yard. It's part of the lease. Is there anything wrong? You know, did your mower break? What's going on? You know, I try to be really cordial with people and I try to, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Make a long story short, she just she didn't, she was kind of given up on the house. She just didn't want to pay for it anymore. She didn't want to take care of it. And it it just kept looking worse and worse and worse. And I kept calling her and wouldn't answer, wouldn't answer, knock on the door, wouldn't answer. And I, and I never would go in or anything like that, you know, just out of respect and, and, and not really knowing what was going on. Mm -hmm. So the last day of school, I, um, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go in the house. And I walk in there and there's nobody there. You could clearly tell that they had just kind of left. Well, what they left was 90% of all of their belongings. And you could tell that the electric had been cut out because I opened up the fridge and I just smelled the worst, the worst type of smell I've ever smelled. I can still remember it. It was that bad. And this was probably three, four years ago. And I just never forget it. And I I, make a long story short, I had to rent a dumpster, uh, the biggest dumpster you could find. And I absolutely filled it to the brim. I mean, the people, they just kind of left everything behind. And I mean, I took a large broom and was literally sweeping out rooms of just clutter, trash, toys, you name it. It was, it was there. And Does that do anything to you as a as a dad? I remember showing a house before. It was the same situation. The house was for sale, so I was, you know, showing as a realtor. They had done the same thing, but there was like family pictures, there were kids awards on the wall, and it was heartbreaking. And I went home and talked to my kids about taking care of your stuff because they just left all the stuff. And my one son who is not super sentimental was like in tears. He's like, "I can't believe they left their, you know, things there." Does that like tug at you or do you just completely separate yourself as this is my work and career and this is you know and this is just how it is to kind of separate yourself emotionally so that when you're not getting rent you you know you have to you people can't stay there forever if they're not paying or like you're saying you're cleaning out how do you separate that yeah i i don't really hold on to much of that i mean i've been and i've been teaching for over a decade. So, I mean, I've seen, I've heard, I've, I've, I've encountered a lot of those types of situations with my own students. And then it kind of happened personally with, you know, the lady did have three or four kids. I can't remember the exact number. And yeah, there were awards in there. There was homework in there, pictures in there. But at the same time, I just, you have to put it aside and say, you know, this is a business and, you know, if they really wanted it, they would have taken it. Right. So, I mean, I just, packed it all up in some trash bags and threw it in the dumpster and moved on and said, you know what? I mean, the only thing that kind of gets you is it feels like maybe I've made a mistake. Like, did I purchase a property in in a location that I probably shouldn't have? Or, you know, did the property management team that I go through, did they kind of drop the ball on the application process? Or, you know, there's a lot of things going through your mind. You're Mm mad, you know, it was about 90 degrees that day and sure. <laughs> cleaning out the house. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that go on. But I think you just got to put it aside and say, this is what I need to do at this point in time. And you just go do it. 
Right. And I've, I have told people too, if, there's, if they're asking me about being a landlord, I'll say there are two different kinds of people, people who should do it and people who shouldn't do it. And um, my dad had three rental properties plus his personal home, which he mortgaged the personal home to get the rentals. And he was the kind who didn't collect rent. Mm-hmm. If you had an addiction or you didn't want to work or whatever, he was sympathetic to the point that he lost all four properties and, you know, didn't do background. I mean, nothing. It was just, okay, someone needs a place to stay. I'm going to give it to them. And so that's not a good experience either. There's like that, you know, there's like, I like how you, I mean, and I've seen you with your tenants, how you're very protective of them and, you know, you take care of them and you care about them, but then you're right when she's taking off and then, then it becomes, okay, now it's the business. I need to take care of it, get this done and move on to the next tenant. There has to be a nice balance. I mean, you have to, they have to know that you're approachable and that you respect them and things like that. But, at, and that type of situation, once she was gone, she was gone. I mean, yeah. she, she, she disrespected me yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, when I first meet the people who, who move in, you know, I say, this is your house. Right. You know, I want, you're the one, I don't live here. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the person who lives here. You and your family live here. You need to, you need to take care of the property. If something happens, give me a call. You know, don't let it slide. You know, don't let it mount up to where it was an easy fix and now it's a huge fix because you didn't want to call. So I definitely make myself approachable. I definitely am respectful to the people, you know, who are renting them. I, I, you know, I, I take pride in, in my houses and I take pride in the people who live in them. I'm, I'm very thankful for them. Yeah. Very, very thankful for them. Well, and I'm sure that they appreciate feeling it, being able to feel like it's their house. Like, you know, they have the freedoms to know that they're going to take care of it and they can move in and be settled and stay as long as they want, you know, right. whether it's a year lease or five year and you're going to take care of things as they need done and not just let them go. Like that has to be a big relief to them as well. Yeah. Especially in homes, because it seems like when it's a single family home, the tenants stay longer. I yes. have some friends who have been in the same rental house for 40 years. And mm-hmm. you know, that they just it is truly their home. So right. and I think it's very important for a landlord to allow them to have it their home like you are, and then, you know take care of it and not just let things go. So sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. But at the same point, you like, like with your dad, you you know, you have to have, you do have to have a backbone at the same time. You have to be able to say, no, you're not going to do that. You know? And if, if you wanted to, like, I don't, I don't allow smoking. I don't allow pets and things like that because it just allows more trouble for me in the long run Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I just, you know, that's where the the legal aspects of it come in where, you know, it's all in the lease. You're right. the one who put your initials down there. Mm-hmm. You're the one saying, you know, I'm not going to smoke in here. I'm not going to have a pet. Um, and that's the legal aspect of it. And then there's also things where, you know, you're allowed to, you're allowed to say no. If they ask, like, ah, I can't really think of an example off the top of my head, but I mean, sometimes you have to say no. Right. And, and sometimes you have to say, yeah, like a lady said, Hey, can I put a, you know, not, not a large pool, but you know, one of those pools that you buy at a, a box store or something, you know, my kid would love to have it. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. You're paying the water bill anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so let's talk about location for a minute. There's that some people want a distance so they can feel like, you know, something that maybe they don't even mess with at all. So maybe they have 
rentals out of state or whatever. Some people don't care where the location is. Some people want it to be within five minutes from their house or 30 minutes from within their house. I know when you were looking, we had talked about, or I had said, you know, how are you going to feel if it's someone that you know from your job and then, you know, they they can't say or they're not paying or whatever, what would that be like? But yet you also probably want to be close enough so that you can fix things. How was that? How did location, not the house itself, but location as far as the distance fit in with what you and Shannon had planned? Uh, so before we even got started, like I said, we read, we read a lot of, we went to the library, we got books on, you know, landlord 101 or whatever you want to call it. And I, I remember reading a paragraph or a chapter and the guy said, I personally don't buy houses that are farther than 35 minutes away. Mm-hmm. He said, if it's 35 minutes away, 35 minutes can seem like a long time if you have a lot of other stuff going on. So I've always kind of tried to abide by that. I've always tried to keep them within 35 minutes of my actual house. That way, if something does pop up, it's like, hey, I I can be there in a couple hours. You know, I have to finish this up, but I can be there. And then it's not so agonizing for me to get in the car and drive 45 minutes because sometimes you'll go there and like one time the lady thought her ceiling fan was broken and it literally just needed a new light bulb. Oh, wow. (laughs) So it's like, you know, I'd be a little bit more upset to drive an hour and 15 minutes to replace a light bulb sure. than 35 minutes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's 35 minutes. You do what you need to do, have a conversation with them, and you kind of, you know, peek around a little bit, make sure everything else is okay, and you go home. Well, then if you are fixing up a house or painting it too, you're closer to it. Exactly. And you don't have to haul materials as far, and, and you don't have to invest as much time just traveling. So I, I, I feel like it's worked for us so far. And some landlords want single, or just want rentals in general. And some specifically want a single family or they want multifamily. So you're getting, you know, different rents from the same building. All of yours are single family. Mm-hmm. Was that intentional when you guys were talking about it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Some people just buy duplexes, triplexes, mm-hmm. whatever, apartment complexes and things like that. And then they also have single family houses. We specifically... We're very picky, I guess would be the word. We only buy single family houses. We'll only buy a, a ranch house or a bungalow. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to keep them that way because over the years when we were in college, we lived in some large two-story houses and the utilities just tore us up. Oh, I bet. I mean, the, the heating bills were, were through the roof. The cooling bills were through the roof. And also cleaning gutters is a yearly thing, if not twice a year. And... It is a lot harder to load a 32-foot ladder onto a truck or a trailer and go clean the gutters on a two-story house when I can put my 20-foot ladder on my truck and go clean out the gutters and be done in an hour on, sure. a, on a smaller house. So we try to buy those type of houses. We feel like they work best for us. We feel like people are happier in them mm-hmm. because of the utility costs are lower on them. Mm-hmm. When you go to sell it, they're more marketable, I feel. I mean, I, th- th- these are just my opinions. I mean, I'm yeah. not sitting here telling people what to do or how to do it. These are just my opinions. They've worked for me. Sure. And um, they just, those type of houses, you know, you can have a small family in them. But you can also have a couple in them. Mm-hmm. Like we had, we at one point we had a lady living by herself in one. We had a family of four living in one. 
we had a young couple living in one, and then we had a mother and her two daughters living in one. So it just kind of caters to a lot of different people. Sure, any scenario can work. Yeah. Yeah, where if it's like a super, super tiny efficiency apartment, then that might look different, and you guys have lots of options mm-hmm. with, you know, yeah. people who might want to and, and I'm just... I've always grew up in ranch house. I'm just a sucker for ranch houses. Mm-hmm. I, I like them. I think they're great, especially if they're, I like them brick too. If you can find them brick, I own three brick houses and I, I just like those the best. So I buy what I buy them if I like them. Mm-hmm. So I can go into a house and, you know, within the first 10 minutes, I think I know if I'm going to buy the house that day or not. Mm-hmm. So. so here's another question about the houses. Some people want a house that needs completely gutted and they want to do all the work. Some people want a house that needs a lot of work, maybe updating, but not a gut job. Mm-hmm. And then other people want more that's move-in ready. Tell us what you're looking for what in your houses as far as the condition and why. Okay. I've never bought a house that needed totally gutted or anything like that or a whole rehab on a house. Number one, I don't have the time to, to invest in that. And I don't even know if I'd have the right resources like the right person to go in and do that job. I might have to go hunt that person down and find them to, to complete a certain task that may, uh, that may need done. So when we look for houses, we typically look for something that has the majors already intact. The windows have been redone, uh, within the last five years, the, the furnace, the hot water tank, the roof, maybe even, uh, the furnace or air mm-hmm. conditioner has been replaced in the last five years. Sometimes we find them that has that somebody did all those things. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're already in, you know, good working order. They paid for those things. And usually those are the major costs of buying a house. Um, if you have to replace them, those are the pricey things. So we try to get those things that have, somebody already else, somebody has already done that for us. Sure. And, um, and then I try to get them where, well, it needs some updates, like it needs some painting and it needs some flooring um, and maybe a few little other things around the house, like landscaping or things like that, because I have experience painting. So I, I paint all the houses. A buddy and I will go into a house and we'll paint them. I do all the landscaping and the outside work to a house, cutting down bushes or trees or anything like that. And I have a good friend who does carpet so if a house just needs those type of things and the basement's dry, <laughs> chances are, uh, you know, it might be one to purchase. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, property management company. So you guys chose to use that and tell us why. Uh, so the main reason why we use it is because of time and convenience. So what our property management company does is they're uh, a company out of Worcester and they, I, I'll buy the house and I'll go fix it up to what I feel is what somebody would be looking for. And they come and they take pictures of it. And then the reason we have them is because they field those phone calls and they field the emails. They'll list it on, you know, apartments.com, realtor.com, Craigslist, uh, their own website. And they've called me on every house that I've ever bought. And they said, Tyler, we've had over 250 calls in one week. I don't have time to take 250 calls. My wife doesn't have time to take 250 calls or answer. One time they told me they had 60 emails in a weekend over one house. Yeah. And that's the reason we have them. And then they can kind of weed through the people that are calling who might just be calling for the people or for the people who are actually serious. And then, 
you know, we have them to do the background checks, to check on their employment, to check on their credit, to check on their, you know, if they have any type of criminal record or anything like that, mm-hmm. or if they bankruptcies and, and any outstanding debt and things like that. So that's what they're for. And they're also there for legal aspects. Like we've had one eviction and, you know, court is during working hours and it's mm-hmm. like, I only get so many days off a year throughout the school year. And it's like, I can't call off work to show up at court. So they show up for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they also take their, their, their 10% a month and um, things like that. But, you know, they're, they've been invaluable to us. And, and, and that 10% is also um, tax deferrable at the end of the year. So it, it's, you know, you pay them up front, but you kind of get it back when tax season rolls around. Well, and your time is worth a lot. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's like it's yeah. why I have a cleaning lady. She does part of my house, but that adds so much time to right. my schedule to work or be with my family or whatever. Yes. So so I use them for that aspect. But but once the once I, you know, go to the house for the first time after a tenant's moved in, I, I kind of introduce myself and say, you know, who I am and, and say, hey, you can you can go ahead and give me a call. Because, like I said, sometimes the calls, I don't want to pay a property management team to send somebody over there to fix something for 10 minutes. And then mm-hmm. you get charged, you know, a hefty amount where it's like, I should have just done that myself. Mm-hmm. So... I think the property management team kind of likes me because it's like, okay, we'll get somebody in there that's good for you. And then Tyler kind of takes care of it after that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know that if I can't fix something or if I don't have somebody to send over, I can give them a call as well and they can address the situation too. Right. So one last topic that I want to talk about. I brought my son to your house last summer. I was talking about rentals and I... I always tell him cash, 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 cash. And he's like, invest and use other people's money. And so it was fun to get your take on that, you know, as somebody who's not his parent and Mm -hmm. who I also can learn from your thoughts on that. Because you always hear cash is king and like you're going to get a big, great deal if you pay cash. I've heard that for cars and different things. And I'm like, I bought cars either way. And I don't see that that makes a difference. But then you have, you know, debt and all the different people have strong opinions one way or the other. So you talk to us about that. Share what you had shared with us at that time, why you guys did loans rather than sure. any other financing. Well, cash is king. <laughs> but that, I mean, it, it would always reign king uh, to certain things. But speaking of cash, you have to have a certain amount of cash to put down on your loan. And we like to put down 25% because you get a better interest rate. Yeah. And for an investment property that you're not living in, it's at least 20 and some require 25. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, And that would be my advice to anybody if you're looking to do this is just don't ruin your credit because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be worth it. But anyway, that's another that's another topic. So, yeah, we we do we invest our own money at the start to to buy the property. And then we do take on a, a loan from the bank. And we you know, we're able to run the numbers and say, okay, if this person if someone rents this house for this much and you have the taxes and you have the insurance and you put away this amount of money f- for uh, repairs or miscellaneous expenses, um, if the numbers work, you know, it should it should work out. Hopefully we do take on the loan because then, you know, somebody is paying f- paying your loan for you. Right. You know, you've you've invested some of your own money, but you're also, you know, they're paying for for the loan as well. 
Now, do you guys do a 15 year or a 30 year? What do you do for your terms? Uh, we do 15 years. Okay. Um, that way we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. You're paying so much less interest that way too. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, once you pay interest, you know, you, you're not getting it back, you know, Mm -hmm. some of it, you might get back and accumulating and taxes or something like that. But, you know, you're right. You're paying less in taxes and you're, like I said, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, if I hold on to this property for 15 years, you know, it should be paid for. It should Mm -hmm. be, you know, an investment that panned out that way. You know, if you invest, if you have a certain amount of cash and you spend it all on one property and then something else comes up and you're out of cash, you know, you're going to have to take a loan anyway. Right. So it's like you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You want to free things up for other things that might come along because you you taught me that best, Esther. You said stuff will always be for sale. <laughs> you you might think I got to go buy this right now. It's something like this is never going to come back up. And, and you look on Zillow and it's there a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, and really, you you and Shannon have your your goals and your plans lined up where it's come full circle. Where you wanted to pay it off in fifteen years because the girls were going to be going to college and getting married and all those things. And with that 15 year plan with your girls being young and doing one every year, like literally you're paying them off one by one as these big milestones hit for them. So it it comes full circle and meets what your original intent was by doing it that way. Exactly. It's kind of like, it just reminded me of my, I was up at my neighbor's house the other day and they were plant, they had their garden planted and the girls were walking through their garden and my daughter said, why is that corn so much taller than, than these rows of corn? And I let my neighbor explain it. And she said, well, when that corn's done, we can eat it and we won't have way too much. And then the next week, the next row would probably be, be done. And then the next week, the next row, so they can eat corn for a month and they, they don't have to go pick it all one day. Yeah. And you have, you know, you can eat, eat corn for a month and you don't have a whole surplus of it where you're trying to give it away and... I don't know. It's just that's actually a really good analogy for that step by step of what you're of doing. It. Yeah, good job, Tyler. <laughs> Those are the the main questions I had that I wanted to talk you through. Are there any, is there anything you want to add, like a story or advice or something that you think is important for people who are not landlords yet but are thinking about it? Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I and and I'm not the you know the the go to on this, but I mean. I, I've had people come up to me, you know, who I work with, uh, like a guy just came up to me a couple of weeks ago and he said, Hey, uh, somebody told me that you have a couple of properties and I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about it. And I said, yeah, I have, you know, I have some properties in Canton. I have some properties in Orville. You know, I'm still pretty new to it. Being in it for going on six years, you still feel new to it, but you, you do have some experience and, you know, you basically buy your education. It's not something that you can we read books and stuff like that, but you just have to experience it. Yeah. Kind of like student teaching. Like you're learning yeah. in the classes, but when you're actually student teaching, it feels way different. Yeah. Or, I thought, or right? raising kids. Oh, or, yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, you can't read a book on it and be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy. I know how to do this because right? it'll just never work. I guess my biggest advice to people is just, you know, if you're not like an outgoing person or you, you, you don't handle stress well or you, you're not real flexible, it may not just be for you. I, I can't really sit still. I'm always have I always have to be doing something, and um, this has given me enough stuff to do, plenty mm-hmm. of stuff to do. If you're going into it thinking, you know, I'm just going to make a bunch of money, probably not a good idea. It, it, it's a it's a process. It's a long it's a long road where you can make money, mm-hmm. 
but it's not something that's just going to, you know, get you rich real fast. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump into it if that's your intention. So almost six years later, are you glad this is the choice that you guys made? Well, we're still buying them. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it has been a good decision for us. We just bought a house in Orville a couple weeks ago. That's going to be uh, the next project. You know, I think because we are still buying them, I think we are still motivated. We are still seeing that this is a positive thing for us mm-hmm. and that it's, you know, it's taken time, but we've made it work. We've, we've, we've been through a lot of headaches and things like that. And we, we've had to sell a property that just, just wasn't working for us. And thanks to Esther, she got it sold. You got it sold very quick. Well, I think a big part of that is that you guys take care of your properties. So if you're a landlord who maybe thinks they're going to hold them until they retire and then sell them all. Mm-hmm. If you want to sell a property for the price that you want, you just need to take care of it. Right. And you guys have always been so good about taking care of it. And you're really, you know, particular about how it looks cosmetically and the paint and things like that. And so that's good for tenants and that makes them happy. And it's good to resell it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, another thing is, you know, I have a lot of, I'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. in a lot of things. And you've taught me that as well as it's where it's like, hey, you can't be perfect on everything, but you do have to have a high standard. You know, you got to take care of people because, you know, they're paying for this and this Mm -hmm. is their home and and we want it to look nice for them. And, you know, another strategy that we have is we want to price it and make the appearance of the house where they don't want to go out and look for something after the year's up. Right. So we had one property just wasn't working out for us. It was a year to year thing for all the people who were there. So we decided to sell it. But the rest of them are the original tenants. And I I truly believe they're happy there. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel, I think they feel comfortable there. I feel like they like the home. I'm, I'm happy that they're there. Good. Well, thank you so much, Tyler, for talking to us about, about rentals and being a landlord. You were the first name I thought of when I wanted to do this episode. So thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep.